Well, gather round, everybody. It's time for the Steel Salary Cap Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm joined today by Justin Bodie in Studio B. How are you, Justin? Great, Tim. Thanks for asking. It's really good to have you in Studio B today. We are here to uh, break down a trading spree by one Saskatchewan Barclays. Yatin has, has made a bunch of trades this week. Yeah, I think maybe he listened to uh, Farhan's breakdown of his team and some of the needs and things he should do, and he took it to heart. Now, uh, Bodie, you, um, I was going to introduce you as the owner of the Baton Rouge uh, Upper Deckers, but are you just X still? Just X. Just X. And and what, what's the reason behind that? Well, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. It's a, <laughs> it's a secret. Fair enough. Fair enough. We will move on. So as I mentioned, uh, Yatin, who owns uh, the Saskatchewan Barclays, uh, he made three trades this week, actually just within the last few days. Correct. And so we're here to talk about those, break them down, see who, uh, who came out on the right end of those deals, or if either one did, possibly. That's, that's a distinct possibility. Right. Uh, so here's trade number one. Uh, Yatin sent Todd Gurley at 3.65 signed through this year uh mike evans at 295 needing a contract needing a second contract uh darren waller at 4.3 million also needing a contract a first contract um and ryan griffin at 0.1 needing a contract he also sent his number 35 pick in this year's rookie draft Away, So those are the things Yatin gave up. What he got in return from the uh, Bourbon Street Houdat, who's owned by a guy named Mark, he got back Jarvis Landry, who um, is at $2.1 million. He needs a third contract after this season. Um, and just a reminder, a third contract costs a million dollars per year. He also got back uh, from Houdat, their 2021 first and second round picks. So those are the uh, those are the things involved in the trade. Justin, what are your reactions to this? Well, my first reaction is actually the biggest news out of this trade is that Mark Nikoloff traded his first round pick yet again, but for once it was actually not to Farhan. Well, that's true. That that is noteworthy. We should maybe write that down. Right. I mean, I think the last four or five drafts, Mark Nikoloff has went in to the draft with no first-round rookie pick and has traded his future first-round rookie pick to to Farhan, who takes a, a player that Mark likes, maybe a second-round talent, and trades it for a first-round. So it's kind of a treadmill he's got Mark on. But Yachten found a way to break that up. So that, that to me, is noteworthy because Farhan's had a the luxury of having two first-round picks for five years, and that's finally broken. Right. He, he doesn't have the pick that he can send to Farhan now. Mark right. doesn't. And that has been happening for like a half dozen years or more. Exactly. So that's a team not even involved in the trade that I think, to me, is one of the noteworthy aspects of this. Because I expected Farhan to be acquiring and announcing that he had that 2021 number one from Mark at the draft this year, at the rookie draft. Yeah. And Yachten preempted him. Yeah. You can almost assume that that is going to happen every year. Exactly. Well, that's a really good point. So then, you know, the other thing you got to look at is how does it affect the two teams actually involved in the trade and i guess you know let's look at it from maybe mark's side first right okay um he got he he didn't really have 
a strong roster, let's just say, coming in. I mean, he, he had um, Travis Kelsey at like four and a half million contract, second contract going to be up in 2021. Um, he had Cooper Cup and Jarvis Landry, Jared Goff, and Aaron Rodgers at a high price. So he really didn't have his number one running back was Devonta Freeman, who isn't even on the team right now. So from his standpoint, he's looking at, hey, I want to compete now. Um, I think a lot of people would have maybe said, I don't have a real competitive team. Why would I be trading for a lot of these high-priced talents that he got? I mean, he got some good players, but none of them are a bargain. I, I like Mike Evans. Um, I think he's probably worth the first-round pick he gave up, but he's not cheap. Um, getting Gurley and Waller is nice, but it's also taking a lot of salary. I mean, if you look at those three players combined and what he's assuming he signs Waller to – a one-year deal, and maybe Evans to two more years, that's $12 million of his cap. So 50% of his salary cap tied up in those three players he acquired. So you look at, you know, he got some good players, but what else could he have done with that money? What's the opportunity cost? Could he have taken that $12 million maybe and went after Mark Ingram and Evan Eckler or Austin Eckler at the auction this year? Yeah, and the other thing, too, when you talk about the pie of, of his salary cap, Mark's salary cap, he's got Kelsey at 4.5, is it? Yeah, uh, 4.6, actually. 4.6. Now he has Darren Waller at 4. If he signs him, he'll be about the same price. Exactly. Um, so then you're looking at, what is it, nine, like over $9 million. Over $9 million in tight ends out of $25 million cap. Exactly, and that was kind of my other point you look at his roster he's, he'll have Gurley, so he has one running back he'll have nine million in tight ends and he'll have cup and evans so decent receiving core i think it means he has to cut aaron Rodgers at this point probably and yeah. go with Gurley. but or go pretty with, much go with goff or goff so, sorry so it puts him pretty much with only a couple million under the cap with just those few players so he's not going to be able to really improve and get multiple running backs he only has the number 35 pick in the draft so so you look at what he's got. He's got all his talent tied up in tight end. What's he going to do? Is he, he, he's not going to be able to get three running backs and run a wishbone. So I think he might be looking at maybe running, possibly the tiger formation or the red gun, which has never been done in our league. And, and just can, a little background on that: the tiger is you know one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and two tight ends. Um, or the red gun, you know, one running back, three ride receivers, and a tight end maybe on bye weeks. But I think his team is maybe best laid out for the Tiger formation, which you know has never been done in our league. Yeah, I you brought up a point that I was going to make. Like, I mean, the players he can start right now are the ones you mentioned. Goff, Gurley, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup. Did you say Hunter Renfro maybe? Oh, well, yeah, that would be, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, Kelsey and Waller. So that is a... An, an unorthodox uh, lineup in, indeed. Right, and you look at tying that much up in Waller. I mean, I like Waller. He's a good tight end, but is he better than an average running back he could get? Or would you rather take that $4 million and go after Mark Ingram in the auction or, or Austin Eckler, who are free agents? Right. And have a more rounded lineup and keep your your picks next year. Yeah, and, and in terms of the picks you just mentioned, so I, I just named his starters, or people I think he can start. These are the people that make up the rest of his team at this point. Yes. Devonta Freeman, not on a roster. Jonathan Williams in Indianapolis. Demaria Crockett in Green Bay. Yeah, I don't even know who he is. Yeah, who, right? Like, who that? Buddy Howell, who 
apparently is on Houston. Uh, Kadri Allison. Is it Allison? Uh, I could not tell you. I have not. He's not part of a lot of play-by-play calls you hear. Right. He, he's he's uh, a running back for Atlanta, apparently. He has Dee Westbrook. Yeah. And then uh, MVS from Green Bay, right. who basically lost his job last yeah. year. Right. That's his team. Right. Well, and I think that's the problem he's been on with this cycle of trading away all his future draft picks. He doesn't get those young players that everybody kind of wants on his DV. So he's always going for the obscure pick. And, you know, to his credit, he sometimes hits on some of those and sees things that the rest of us don't. But he also sometimes ends up with a DV squad that you just read off and a lot of overpriced talent in his starting lineup. And, you know, to his credit, he's trying to win now. He's not oh, I'm going to build for next year, which some people get caught up in. But I, I, I just don't see it with the roster as it's built, running a you know a tight-year offense and winning again with some of the rosters he's going to be going up against this year. So I'm not quite sure what he's thinking, but you know maybe he'll surprise us and add some. I'm sure he's got a few secret guys um, that he's going to be picking up or or trading future future picks for. <laughs> yeah, know, we don't know. That's true. Maybe he but, can. But he, can they contribute? True. And he, so he can, st- I think he still has 2022 picks, and we are able to trade those at the rookie draft. Yeah. I mean, so here's the other piece of that. As I mentioned, Farhan before, I think he has eight rookie picks in this draft. He does. Look for a couple of those to be guys that you've never heard of, and then to be immediately traded to Mark Nikoloff as soon as the rookie draft is complete and it's legal to trade 2022 picks. That's, I would, that's a little prediction here. I'd put money on that, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, did you, do you want to cover it from Yatin's point of view? Too? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, I think Yatin was probably listening to the podcast and we know, you know, he was aligned with, uh, the Muskies for many years, um, and probably was heavily influenced by some of the words he heard breaking down his team, because as I recall, um, he was told that he should cut Waller and probably trade Mike Evans and well, he traded Waller even better. Um, but I also think the thing about um, Yatin's team is, he, you know, he got to the finals last year and probably should have won if he, he had a coach. Um, in the semifinals last year, and he had a good team, one of right. the top teams. We mentioned last, I think it was last show, that he started Kirk Cousins over Drew Brees. Yes. And if he does it the other way around, he's the current champ. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he had a good team, and you take out Gurley, who – you know, didn't have a girly year, but he still ended up with a thousand all-purpose yards and 14 TDs last year. Evans, 1,100 yards, eight TDs. Waller, 1,100 yards as a tight end position, only three TDs, but that's a lot of production to think you're going to go replace with Jarvis Landry and picks that are not even for this year, but for the next year's rookie draft. So you're taking a team that was competing for titles and you took some pieces out and granted i i think that some of them he's selling high like Gurley's knee how long will he last he's in a new spot right waller you maybe expect oakland to draft a wide receiver and his target share will go down and maybe he won't be as productive as he was this year and evans has been great but you know how long will he you know i, I think he's a pretty solid player right but right. um you know he's got a new quarterback new system are they going to go more dink and dunk with brady than Jameis? you know airing it out so maybe he could even drop off with brady you just don't know well and he needs a second contract too and he's already at three million and a second contract costs a half a million each year so i mean he's 
he's going to be up at four million and beyond, even if you give him a two exactly. or three year contract. Yeah, I looked at saying you know maybe sign him to two mil two two year contract, which is just under four million, I think three nine five, and then you could option him for a third year, so you could keep him for three years at that salary, and maybe that you start getting over four million, it's hard to justify. Yep, unless they're like a real stud running back or something. Yep, I agree. I don't like I don't like spending over four for anybody. Right. So, you know, from my standpoint, as far as comparing this trade, I kind of view it as a lose-lose because I think it took one of the top teams in the league and weakened it. And, you know, he's still got, you know, he's still got Derrick Henry and Barkley. He's still got a good team, but he took out some of that depth that he had. And now he could still reverse this because he's now freed up some cap space. Does Who does he get in the auction? And is he done? You know, he can add some pieces. He's got more flexibility, so I won't necessarily say he lost, but... This first move, I'm not quite sure where he's going. He, he has some work to do now to get where he was. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you take a guy who, or a team that could have won the championship and and you take a bunch of people off of it and it's just not, it's not as good anymore. And even the player he got, Jarvis Landry, who I like him. I mean, he belongs right. on a roster. Definitely. But he's at 2.1 and needs a third contract after this year. So... If you sign him for one year, he's at three million. Two years, he's at four million. Yeah, yeah. I think you keep him this year and option him next. I mean, and then you're done with him. Right. So, like, an optioning means you keep the player but don't give him a contract, but he's off your team. The, right. You can only keep year. him for one year, and then yeah. he's gone. So I don't know. It just doesn't that that move is baffling to me. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. So I mean, to me, you weakened a contending team and another team that. I think, you know, he's got some talent now, and it will be better this year, but I don't think it's good enough for Mark to win and is just putting off his rebuild that I think he eventually is going to need to do. So, All right. Well, I think we've, we probably have chopped that one up well enough at this point. So we'll move on to trade two. Um, I will probably remain mostly silent on this one because it involves me. Now, this trade was announced third, but uh, I'll just let everybody know this was the second trade that Yatin made. I just wasn't able to announce it because I was working, actually. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. I mean, I did it after work. I, <laughs> anyway, trade number two, uh, the Barclays and Yatin sent the higher of their second round picks in 2021. So they had their own pick. They had just acquired Mark's second rounder. So they have two second rounders. Whichever one's higher comes to the Davenport Potatoes, which is my team, uh, in exchange for Hakeem Butler, who was on my team at $1.6 million uh, with a free agent contract. So Hakeem Butler needs to be signed this year. He needs to be given a contract. But because he's a second-year player, he can still remain on Yatin's uh, dev- developmental squad. Right. So to me, uh, you fleeced him, Tim. Um, and that, that I'm not even saying I don't like Hakeem Butler. I mean, he's a, t- what is he, like 6'5", big guy. He he has some potential. He got hurt last year. Even if he's good, you fleeced him because here's why. You had him at 165, was it? 16, yeah. And you need to sign him. So a young guy, if you're only going to give him like a two-year contract, then he's going to get really expensive before he proves himself. You probably need to sign him to three, four years, at least putting him at two and a half million. And... My feeling is if he's in the auction, you were likely to cut him and he would go into the free agent auction at the beginning of the year and he would go for less than that. 
So now he just gave up a second round pick, the better of which could be, you know, could be high. Maybe he or Nikolov's Nikolov doesn't have much depth. If he has some injury, that could be a good pick um, for a guy that he could have just waited and he could have got him in the auction for less money if he liked him. And let's keep in mind, I mean, is he going to be the number one, right? Did they just not trade for Hopkins? And did they not have Christian Kirk, who's like maybe a third-year player, and uh, Keyshawn Johnson and, and Andy, Isabella. Andy Isabella? So, I mean, there's no guarantee he's going to emerge there. It could be a fun, wide-open offense, but there's a lot of mouths to feed, of which he's very unlikely to be the primary mouth. Um, and he's expensive, and he could have got him for less. That's in my opinion. Yeah, And maybe he'll be great. I'm not saying that he's not a talent, but I would not have given up what could be what you know 15 16 or rookie pick right and look at what you can get for there and the salary you'd pay that player right and if you liked butler he should have just waited and got him in the auction so congratulations to you i wish i could have pulled a trade like that for a guy i was going to cut thank you uh and i said i was going to remain silent but i lied (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so my thinking like well going back the reason butler's so expensive in the first place um mitch who owns the the flint uh team from flint the huskers yeah yeah the huskers um he drafted hakeem butler last year at number 29 and then cut him before the auction and so there was the reason he's at 1.6 is i agree with you i see him as a big talented receiver um i thought he had some promise so but i wasn't the only one who thought that like that's why he got bid up to 1.6 at the auction um, so I agree with you. I think he's he's a talented guy and somebody I was interested in. But, you know, he's going to be paid over $2 million, assuming Yatin keeps him. He's going to be paid over 2 and maybe $3 million before he ever plays a snap. Right, when he's on DeAndre Hopkins' team, who will likely be a target hog. Yeah. Right? And I think he would have got him cheaper in an auction this year because when he was a rookie and everybody's researching last year's rookies and I was in, he's a big talented guy and gets cut. People are kind of hot on him. And now he's been a year where he did nothing. There's a new batch of rookies that might fall through the cracks at this year's auction. He's not going to be like foremost in everybody's mind. And you could probably get him for a little cheaper this year than you could have at the auction last year, in my opinion. Um, and just for the record, uh, cause Yatin sent a text that, uh, oh. I, I had read some article and I, and I, <laughs> This was not my idea. This this trade was presented to me, and I merely accepted. Yes. And, yeah, so the text he said it was an article about how even though um, the Cardinals have many wide receivers, they might still not rule out taking another one in this year's draft. He said, Tim, you must have read this. That's how you – you and you fleeced me. <laughs> like, whether they draft another one or not, it's a fleece in my opinion. All right, so let's move on to trade number three. This This – happened i think about 20 minutes after my deal with yatin um he traded with the muskies so you're pretty familiar with farhan's voice if you've listened to this uh podcast at all he's he's been in studio b a couple of times so he owns the muskies the muskies got austin hooper at 1.3 million and signed for two more years he got number 23 in this year's rookie draft and he got the other second round pick, the lower second round pick next year in 2021 um, from Yatin. So whichever one I don't get, Farhan gets. Correct. What what uh, Yatin got in return was 
well, as he called him, Miles Boinkins. <laughs> but he gets Miles Boinkin back, uh, who's at 1.4. He's on his rookie deal, so he's actually a free agent until... Well, the contract is a free agent contract until 2020, so the end of this year. Right. Um, so he can go on his DV squad. He doesn't have to give him a contract this year. Um, so, yeah, Bodie, there's there's the trade. What do you, what do you think about that? So... Um... I think, like I say, Farhan was planting seeds in his mind that he needed to get some young players on his DV as he ripped it last time. Now, I like Miles Boykin. He um, has good size and speed. Um, looks, he, you know, looked all right last year, but he didn't put up real big numbers. I mean, uh, it, I guess where he goes from here, it's, it's hard to say he could end up being good. But, you know, last year, Lamar Jackson threw, what, 36 touchdowns? Three of them went to Boykin. So do you think Jackson's going to? continue increasing that or was that a good year for him is he going to run more i don't know he, he wasn't a big part of it he's not you know hollywood brown um but that's not to say he can't emerge however you know he gave up quite a bit to get him because hooper is a solid tight end now he's i believe he's moving to what cleveland so a change of scenery and mm-hmm. there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense so who knows if that's a plus or minus for him um and then two second round picks so it just seems like a lot to give up I mean, those second round picks, you could get players like Miles Boykin, right? It was a second round pick. That's probably, maybe he went end of the first or early second in our draft last year. He, yeah, he went number 10 last year. Okay. So, you know, granted, number 23 is a pretty late pick. Um, so it's practically, you know, there's not, it gets then by then, but you can hit. And if you do, it's a cheap salary. So I'm not quite sure. I I like the idea of Boykin, but Farhan got him to maybe, yeah, why don't you throw in an extra thing like he tends to do to people, and that's how he acquires picks. Now, that's a whole other thing because Farhan already has like eight. Now I think he has eight rookie picks, plus his roster is stacked already. So I think he can't use them all. So that's where I think he'll be trading some for future or packaging them to move up with some of his players. So from his standpoint, yeah, it's a no-brainer. He couldn't keep Boykin because he had eight new rookies coming in and probably like 12 guys out of his 15 on his roster that he wants to keep and other guys to trade. So he's trying to clear space for his new picks because I think he has three picks in the top 10 in this year's rookie draft and some high seconds. So, yeah, Boykin was nothing for him. He was he was going to cut him or move him, clearly. Yeah. yeah, I think you mentioned he has eight picks in this draft, and I think I'm pretty sure all eight of them are in this first or second round. True. Three first-rounders in five seconds. <laughs> and he's got A.J. Brown and Irv Smith on his DV already. I know. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, so um, just to, to put some more numbers to it for Miles Boinkin, because I did the research, so I'm going to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> um, Boinkin saw 22 targets. He played all 16 games. He saw 22 targets in those 16 games. Had 13 receptions. 198 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he this was, is well, Lamar Jackson's having a QB one season, which maybe is the norm, or maybe he regresses when people like defenses catch up to that offense. Maybe right. Right, and and Boinkin was uh, battling Seth Roberts for for targets. Right. Right. So I also I liked Boinkin coming out. He's another guy that. Right, and it's hard to judge a guy on his rookie year. Sometimes yes. they take a year or two. But I'm not in love with him enough to like give up multiple, multiple picks like yeah. Cotton did. So, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure. But 
hey, maybe Yatin has he's been in the league two years and he's been very successful, so I'll give him the benefit. But that's um, right. I, I I wouldn't have made it, but more power to him. Yeah, I mean Yatin's made some um, moves that we all questioned in the past, like he got rid of Corey Davis when he took over the team, and at the time. You know, he was a pretty good prospect. Right. So maybe maybe he knows something we don't know about Boinkin and Butler. and Exactly. Hey, I mean, these guys, I don't even think it's that these guys are bad prospects necessarily. I think he, A, on Boinkin, he maybe gave up more than he needed to, especially viewing Farhan's glut of assets that he can't fit all on his roster. And Butler, I think he could have just waited and got cheaper if he likes him. If he likes him and sees something in him, then... I, I don't disagree with that, but I, I, I disagree with how he went about acquiring him and what he's going to have to pay him. Yeah, I agree. He, he gets, uh, he got, a, you know, I think a couple of nice prospects there in those last two trades. Um, and he got, you know, first and second round picks next year, which you can't argue with either. Right. Although he just gave up the second round pick plus his own. Well, I mean, that's, that's the true. thing. If you kind of look at this in total, right. So that's we looked true. at three individual trades, um, he, you know, he gets a first-round pick next year, Landry, Boykin, Butler, but he gives up Evans, Gurley, Waller, Hooper, his second-rounder this year, his second-rounder next year, his third-rounder this year, and Ryan Griffin. And he got Nikolov second and gave, gave it right back. So he gave up a lot of pieces. Um, you know, Boykin and Butler end up being studs, and, hey, more you know, more power in that 2021 number one pick of Nikolov's. Maybe it's really high if, like you say, Nikolov doesn't have a lot of depth and he's going to be maybe running the Tiger offense. We'll see how that goes. Right. Might make for an interesting year. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> so, Bodie, just uh, while I have you in there, are you done with your yeah, yeah. rookie commentary well, or the trade one commentary? Other, one other commentary of maybe yeah. a potential winner out of this deal. Yeah. So... You take Waller, who I think a lot of people expected to be in the free agent auction, and you look at maybe some of the tight ends that are out there for teams looking for them, there's not going to be much out there in the auction. So I think another winner maybe is our champion who has three tight ends on his roster and is shopping them okay. and is probably going to be able to demand maybe a little more now. Good point. Um, so we, um, we do this podcast in Minnesota. Uh, the NFL draft is coming up on Thursday. And I just wanted to hear your opinion on, is there a position or a guy that you'd like to see the Vikings take? We have, what, 22 and 25 in the first round. Right. Well, you know, two positions, really. One, and I've been saying this for five years, I would just like to see us get another solid offensive lineman. I think we need to be good at the offensive line with Cousins. Cousins can make a throw and hit someone, but as soon as he's off script, he's not that strong. And our offensive line is at least mediocre now, but I would like to see it be strong. So I would love to see him maybe get a left guard, get rid of elf line, or maybe a left tackle and move Riley Reef in, into guard possibly. Cause I, I still feel like that's a, was a weakness. They couldn't run the ball when they had to sometimes against like stout defenses last year, Chicago, Green Bay, 49ers. So that, and the other, you know, I would like to see him maybe take one more cornerback because I think the key to Zimmer's teams is having a dominating defense. And I know we have some young guys uh, that could be all right there, but it would be nice to have another blue chip with all the cornerbacks we lost with Waynes, Rhodes, and Mackenzie Alexander leaving. Yeah, that makes sense. I've seen some mock drafts that have um, a big name receiver coming to the Vikings. Well, the what's the LSU kid might be there? Uh, is it Jefferson? 
uh, anyway, there's a, ch- a chance that we we could get a receiver there as well. But there's also a deep receiver draft for rookies, and there's no no reason we couldn't take one in the second round that could still have potential. And and you know we've had success with later round receivers. Diggs was maybe a fifth rounder. Thielen was undrafted, so you don't necessarily have to take a high one. I mean, you know, Laquan Treadwell or. Uh, um, What's the guy we got after Moss? Yeah, I try to pick number seven and Troy Williamson. I believe. Yeah, that. that So I mean, taking that one high is no guarantee of success. That being said, you know, a receiver could be all right as well. I I would love to see offensive line though. Yeah, I agree, offensive line, and I do think the cornerback uh, take makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, we've we're we've lost a lot there this off season. Right. All right. Well, Bodie, thanks for. for making your way over here and and uh, chatting with me about these trades and uh we'll look forward to doing this again for sure uh i know as we get closer to the auction um we plan on having you come in and do kind of a breakdown on what teams are going to have to spend and what they might be looking for at the auction yeah my pleasure i, I like uh, going through the numbers and the rosters that way so i'm happy okay. to share awesome i'll look forward to that if you would like to send in a question to Steel, you can uh, email us at steelpod, that's S-T-E-A-L-P-O-D, steelpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a rating and a review if you have time. And uh, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, We'll look forward to doing this again next time, and take care.